Thanks for joining us here in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Amen. Well, welcome again to Crossroads Church, where we believe life meets faith. If you've got your Bibles, I would encourage you to open up to and mark three different passages. This is going to be very easy, all right? Uh, mark three different uh, passages. And the first one is Jeremiah chapter 6. Find Jeremiah chapter 6 and mark that. And then find Matthew chapter 7 and John chapter 8. Come on, 6, 7, and 8. This is easy. If you don't have a copy of God's Word, you came here today, if you look in front of you, there should be a Bible there. And if you open it up, there's a message. And what it says is, if you don't own a copy of God's Word, we want to give that one that you're holding to, as a gift to you. And if you happen to grab one of those Bibles underneath, Jeremiah chapter 6, where we're, I'm going to be uh, preaching from, is found on page 782. All right, so uh, I'm going to help a couple of you out. And then others, in about 10 minutes, uh, you'll find it, and, I, and I'll be there, all right? So Jeremiah 6, Matthew 7, and John chapter 8. Well, you know, so uh, a lot of things have happened here at Crossroads Church. Uh, just a year ago, we weren't called Crossroads Church. We had a, a different name. It was Temple Baptist Church. Uh, we had uh, had that name for about 50 years, and um, we just felt that it was a time for us to make a change and in the, the direction that we went was crossroads. And here's what's interesting is everyone asks, why did you pick that name? You know, because this is an intersection out here. It's not crossroads. And, the, and, and it has nothing to do with the map. All right. You know, crossroads is really is talking about a spiritual map. And that is where life meets faith. And we hope that everyone that's here today, you will realize that you have an opportunity, no matter what state your life is in. If, if the wheels have come off on life, you're in the right place. If your life is going great, you are definitely in the right place. If maybe you feel lost and you're wandering, you just don't know, and, and it's not horrible and it's not great, I'm here to tell you that you're in the right place. Because we want this to be a place where life meets faith. Well, um, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about that topic of crossroads. Decisions, decisions, decisions. You know, we make decisions every day. When we're little, uh, the decisions we make are something like this. Am I going to have cereal or am I going to have oatmeal? Um, then we might have to make the decision when our parents ask, uh, do you want to go to McDonald's or you want to go to Chick-fil-A? As an adult, there's only one answer. But as a child, you know, you may wonder, McDonald's or Chick-fil-A, all right? Um, and then as you get older, and when you get into junior high and high school, you start making decisions like, am I going to play sports or am I going to focus on my education? Am I going to have a girlfriend or boyfriend or am I going to focus on my education? Uh, yeah, that's usually the decision we make in junior high and high school. It's one thing or are we going to pursue an education? When we get out of uh, high school, we're faced with the question, do we go to college or do we pursue a career? And after that uh, stage of life happens, then you're starting to ask yourself, am I going to stay single or am I going to get married? And then sometimes uh, once you're married, you're faced with a question, am I going to stay married or am I going to get divorced? And then uh, as you go along, you start asking questions like, are we going to have children or are we going to wait a little while? 
if you have, your parents wish you would have them, um, speaking as a grandparent. And then as you get older in life, you start realizing that, you know, some decisions aren't as simple as McDonald's and Chick-fil-A. Some decisions aren't as laid out as a bowl of cereal or a bowl of oatmeal. And these decision points are what I call crossroads. And so what I want to do is I want to share with you what God's word says about crossroads, because we all face them. You all come to them and you all have to make a decision. What are you going to do? And so if you found Jeremiah chapter 6, I'm going to read verse 16 uh, to you. Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16. And and this is what it says. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads. Did you know our church was in the Bible? Did you know that Tabor is in the Bible? Mount Tabor, I I don't know. Bad things happened over there, but um, Mount Tabor's in the Bible. Crossroads is in the Bible, depending on what version you have. But uh, it says here in Jeremiah, stand at the crossroads and look. Now, the audience that's being spoken to here is the nation of Judah. And the nation of Judah, they split off from Israel. Israel had 12 tribes, and two of those tribes went and created their own nation, and this was called Judah. And Judah didn't do a lot of good things. And so the prophet Jeremiah, by the word of the Lord, came to them, and he told them, stand at the crossroads and look. And there's there's two words there I want you to think about. One is stand. Now, folks, don't, don't get confused with this, all right? Captain Obvious tells you that stand means to stop. Don't walk, don't crawl, don't run. But that's what happens a lot when we come up to crossroads in our lives. We just, because of the momentum of life, we just blast through it. Stop sign or not, red light or not. And we just get through to the other side. But what the, what the Lord said to this nation of Judah, he said, stop, stand at the crossroads and look. You know, I shared this with the men just uh, last Saturday at our uh, men's breakfast. And that is, um, leaders see things as they are. Not worse than they are, because you know sometimes you can look at your life and you can start a pity party and, and then you look at somebody else's life and you're like, ooh, I'm going to take all that back. Or you can look at your life and you can convince yourself, you know, um, you fake it till you make it, that life is great. And, but see, a leader sees things as it actually is. Not worse, not better, just like it is. And I think that's what Jesus or God was telling the nation of Judah through Jeremiah, is stop and look. Take inventory at this, this, this big, momentous change in your life at this crossroads. Look at the situation and see it for what it really is. And he goes on in, in the um, second part of that verse, and he says this, Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is. Now, um, I had uh, come across a book by... Um, John Maxwell, and, and the title of the book is Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. And I had recently gone through that study, and uh, we were living in Ohio at the time, and uh, I was being uh, brought down to Florida to speak at a, a leadership uh, team for a company. And so Carrie and I traveled down uh, to the uh, Gulf Coast, um, the Emerald Coast, where the, the sand is beautiful. Um, and if you don't know Carrie and I, uh, here's something you need to know. She loves the beach. I don't. Matter of fact, we've got sand in our car from the first time we went to the beach. Still. And that was decades ago. 
And so I just hate going to the beach. But when we had moved down there, I promised Carrie. I said, babe, I said, I will go to the, to, to the beach with you once a month. And I crossed it off when we went to the beach. We went twice this month. I'm ahead of the game. But Carrie loves. And so here we were going down, and this company put us up in a resort. You know what that means? Yeah. I mean, when you add resort to the name, I don't care if it said Holiday Inn Express Resort, you know it's going to be better than Holiday Inn Express. And so um, I pulled up, I parked there, I went in to get our room key, and I walked up to the, the person on duty, and um, I, I let him know who I was, I showed him my ID card, and, and he said, I, I got a question for you. And he said, do you want a room with a view, or do you want a room with a kitchen? I stopped. I said, young man, I said, are you the owner of this resort? He said, no. He said, I just work here. I said, no, I don't believe that. He said, I, I said, I just went through a book and it said, good leaders ask great questions. And my friend, that was a great question because he didn't know who was sitting out in the truck. He didn't know that she loved the beach, but I did. And so you know what I asked for? The kitchen. No, no, I didn't. I asked for the view. And so we, we walked upstairs. We went into the room and the, the, um, whatever the curtains were drawn back. And as we walked in, all you could see was water. Oh, it was a beautiful view, wasn't it, Carrie? Wonderful stay. That young man asked a great question. I'm here to tell you that Jeremiah here is asking Judah to ask great questions. And the great questions are, where are the ancient paths? Where are the good ways? You know, the problem is when it comes to Christianity, we don't want to hear about the ancient paths. We don't want to hear about the way that mom and dad did it. We don't want to hear about grandma and grandpa. Instead, we want TikTok Christianity. We want it given to us in a 15 to 30 second video and that it all makes sense. But that's not the way God's word was designed. God's word was designed on the ancient paths, the paths that take weeks, months, and years for you to see what God's doing in your life. Many of you, I see you, you are seeking, you are serving God. You, you've come to that crossroad and you don't understand why God hasn't already turned your life completely around when you forget about the mistakes, the decisions that you've been making for the last 18 years, 24 years. 54 years. See, that's where Judah was at. Judah made a lot of bad decisions. They'd asked a lot of bad questions. And so God, through the prophet Jeremiah, said, ask the good questions. Don't settle for what feels good. Don't settle for what ha makes you happy right now. Ask what is the good way. Boy, uh, a bunch of us men were delivering pews uh, down in Kentucky, and we were hungry. Can you imagine that, a bunch of guys hungry? Yeah. yeah, well, we were hungry. I mean, we just ate breakfast here. A couple hours later, I mean, I don't think we've gotten an hour down the road. We start asking, hey, where are we going to eat? <laughs> so you know what a wise person does when you're in a town that you're not used to? You ask somebody that's from there, where's a good place to eat? So we ask that question. You know, that's the same thing that, Jeremiah saying, ask 
where the good way is. Ask where the way that's going to lead to good answers. And, and then here's what happens. When you come across this in, in the rest of Jeremiah 6 and verse 16, it says this, and walk in it. See, it does us no good to ask the questions, you know, where are the ancient paths? It does us no good to ask the question, where's the good way? If we're not going to take action, if we're not going to walk in it. Because if we aren't willing to respond to the answer to the good question, we're going to end up making a bad decision. But here's what happens. When we ask the good questions, when we find out what the good way is, it tells us, and you will find rest for your souls. How many people in here could use some rest for your soul? See, rest for your soul is the opposite of anxiety. Rest for your soul is the opposite of depression. Rest for your soul is the opposite of anger, guys. Rest for your soul is just that where you can relax, where you can enjoy yourself, where you can soak in all that God's doing, and you can see all the blessings around you. Now, many of you are probably saying, you know what, that, that was Jeremiah, that was 2,500 years ago. I, I need something a little more contemporary. Well, uh, let me just take you back um, from Jeremiah, move forward 650 years, and Jesus gave us the same solution. And so if you found Matthew chapter 7, I'm going to read a couple verses here in Matthew chapter 7 in verse 13. And Matthew 7, 13 says this, Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter it are many. Now, the context of Jeremiah was he's preaching to the nation of Judah. The context of Matthew chapter 7 is this is from the Sermon on the Mount. This is where Jesus laid out some incredible principles that all of us should be following. And he said, enter by the narrow gate. Because if you don't, wide is the way and easy is the path that leads to destruction. And then he finishes it in verse 14. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those that find it are few. You know, some choices are easy. Chick-fil-A. That's an easy choice. Come on. If you pick McDonald's, I expect you to be up here at the end of the service. It's worth driving 45 miles for. Can I get an amen? amen. Get a couple old means? But you know what? Some choices aren't so easy. Some choices aren't Chick-fil-A. Some choices are hard. And so what Jesus tells us about here is he tells us about two gates. One gate that is wide and one gate that is narrow. And when he talks about this wide and narrow gate, you know, it's easy to go through. When, you, when life is happening and you're moving and you don't stop and look, it's easy just to blow through and, and keep going down that path, whatever that path looks like. But what Jesus is telling us is that just because it's wide doesn't mean it's the right one. Matter of fact, he encourages us to find the narrow gate, the small gate, and enter into it. 
And when you go through one of these two gates, you're going to find out that there's one or two ways that you're going to live your life. You're either going to go through the wide gate and you're going to find out that life is easy, or you're going to go through the narrow gate and you're going to find out that life is hard. The choice is yours. Do you want the easy life? Do you want the easy way? Or do you want the hard way? Do you want to make the hard choice? You know, as we were driving back on that bus ride, it had gotten dark and the, the guys were talking and a conversation came up. And the conversation was about whether or not you should put your, uh, if you had a daughter that was a teenager, um, put them on birth control if you know that they're sexually active. Now, folks, I got to tell you, I was really surprised at the conversation and where it went. And I stayed quiet. And I got to be honest with you that there was a lot of, you know what, well, they're going to do it anyway, so you know what, you better be safe. And oh, somewhere along a couple miles down the road, someone said, Pastor, what do you think? And I did the old Pastor Rope-a-Dope. I said, well, I'm just glad you guys didn't ask me that question. Like, well, we want to we know, what do you think? And I shared with them. It's a hard choice. But the truth is hard. And what sins are we going to tell our kids that it's okay? And, 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 and the problem as parents, we struggle with that is, we know we weren't perfect when we were that age. And the reality is our kids do too. And boy, they'll put that back in your lap. They go, wait a second, mama got pregnant before y'all were married. What, they could do math, folks. <laughs> wait a second. I heard, what sins? And so I, I throw it to, to the men this way, you know, um, wives, are you going to tell your husbands, I know you're going to do it anyways, just wear a condom because that would, you know, if you get someone else pregnant, it's going to complicate our family. No, no, you shoot them. See, the truth is hard. And when we make decisions that don't line up with God's word, we find out that it, it seems to make our life easy, but it really makes our life hard. You know, uh, here's the message I've got for the teenagers. You know, the punishment for having sex is not babies. That's the gift. And it's a shame that in our country, we kill millions every year. Folks, I know my audience, and I, ladies, I know that there's many of you in here that have experienced that. Everybody told you it was okay. Everybody told, maybe even it was your Christian mom and dad. But I'm here to tell you that God doesn't say that. Men, I'm here to tell you that Jesus said, he that looks upon a woman has committed adultery already. Just because you didn't get caught. See, that's the hard truth, is we tell ourselves that it's going to be okay. We tell ourselves because we're going down the easy way. But here's what Jesus said in John chapter 8. 
He said, the truth will set you free. John chapter 8, verse 32. The truth will set you free. And who was his audience? It was um, a bunch of religious Jewish people. And they came to him, and he was giving them admonitions. And, in, and finally, he said, look, if you get to know me, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And what Jesus had talked about in Matthew 7, he talked about those two gates, and he talked about those two ways, the easy and hard. But then he talks about those two crowds, the crowd where there's many and the crowd where there's few. See, um, when you make the, you go through the small gate, life is going to be more difficult. People are going to make fun of you. People are going to question your sanity. People, matter of fact, they're going to tell you that you're insane or that you have a medical disorder. Why? Because you believe that a God created all this. That you believe that one day this whole earth was covered by water in a flood. That you believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born of a virgin. You're a fool. That's what the world tells us. That's what the many tell us. But the reality is this, that we've got to ask ourselves, what sins are we going to accept? Which ones can we live with? You know, when I got here, six people, six couples approached me. I was in line at Dairy Queen, and a guy behind me tapped me on the shoulder. He said, hey, are you the new pastor at the church? I said, yes, I am. He goes, well, me and my girlfriend are living together. Is that okay? He goes, well, before you answer, let me tell you, I already asked my pastor. He says, but here's our situation. If we get married, we're going to lose money. He wasn't the only, that wasn't the only couple that asked me that. I'm, uh, people I don't know find out I'm a pastor, and that's the first question they want to ask. What sins are we going to accept? See, the, the, the many have said it's okay. The many have justified it. The many have made it easy for us. But the reality is when you make the right decisions, many times that's the hard way. That's the difficult path. That's where things are going to be challenged. And the, the question that Jesus asked in John chapter 8, and then it goes into verse 34, he says, Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. So he takes a two by four and just hits them over the head. But he doesn't stop there. He finishes in verse five. He says, the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. And so when it comes to these two crowds, the many and the few, the reality is, are we going to be in the crowd that's the slave to sin? Or are we going to be in the crowd that's the, the son or a daughter of God? That's our question. That we get an answer. Every day, which one are we going to be? I, I have no doubt that in an audience this size, that there are many of you that are struggling with a sin. Some of you with lots of sins, but many who are struggling with a sin. One that just keep the, the devil, the enemy, keeps bringing into your life and keeps knocking you out every time that it comes up. But here's what I want you to understand this is what Jesus wants you to understand, that there are only two destinations. One destination is that of destruction, and the other destination is that of life. 
You know, when we see that word destruction, sometimes we can be lulled to sleep. And, and when we think of destruction, we think that God's going to take our job away. God's going to d- take our car and, and allow it to break down on the highway. God's going to uh, ruin our family. That's what we think God's going to do to us because there's sin in our life. But what we don't understand is the destruction that he talks about here is utter and total destruction. There is no recovering from this. You don't get a new job. You don't get a new family. You don't get a new car. You don't get a new life. If you make the decision to follow through the wide gate, to follow on the easy path, to follow the crowd, you are what Jesus calls a slave to sin. Now, I love it. Because usually right here, there's conversation going on in your head. And there's a lot of people who are critical of Christianity. And here's what they say is, how could a loving God send somebody to hell? I love love it when I get that question. I mean, you know know why? Because one day I asked that question. How could you do that, God? And his answer is so simple. How How could he ask you to do something he knows you can't do? Impossible. There's only two ways to get to heaven. When I say that in a Baptist church like this, you know, uh, people, because they're used to one way. There's, there's two ways you can get to heaven. Number one is you can live a perfect life. Or number two, you can accept what Jesus did on the cross. So that destruction is utter. That's, that's your soul being destroyed. And the life that he talks about is abundant life. Now, let me just tell you, the guy writing this died a martyr. The guy who wrote those words was dipped in boiling oil and survived. He's the one who's sharing through the Holy Spirit that the way is abundant life. The way is a life that most of us will never, ever realize until we go into eternity. Just this past Wednesday, um, we laid our uncle to rest. A week ago today, in just a couple hours, he passed away. But see, here's the wonderful thing. This this man has been here in our building many times. He was part of the fun food ministry who would come and have cotton candy and snow cones and popcorn. But today, he's in heaven. Today, he knows what? that life looks like. Today, he's with his creator. When we talk about destinations, have you ever heard the saying, you can't get there from here? I I, I grew up in West Virginia, and I heard that a lot. You talk about going somewhere, and well, you can't get there from here. You're going to have to go back to this town and go that way, and then you'll be able to get there. Otherwise, you can see it, but you can't get there. You know what? A lot of us are going through life. And what you want, you can't get there from here. You want a great family, but you can't get there from here because you've made some bad decisions. You want the perfect job. You can't get there from here because you got a pulse and you live on earth and those things really don't exist. You want everything to go easy. But see, the problem is if you accept those things, if you accept the easy way, 
you're on the wrong path. And you can't get there from here. But here's the truth. All roads lead somewhere. Every one of us is on the path today. Every one of us is on a road. Every one of us is on a journey. Even though you, I'm sitting in a chair. Nope. You're on your way somewhere. And every one of us will one day arrive at that destination. Uncle Sonny arrived at 432 last week. And only God knows what your time and day is. But it's coming for all of us. Take you back to Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16. So he tells them, here's what God said. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask the good questions. Ask which way the ancient past. Ask which way is the good way. And if you'll do it, if you'll walk in it, you'll find rest for your souls. But here's what the nation of Judah said. We will not walk in it. And the reality is that there are many people every day that the Holy Spirit pricks your heart. He convicts you and he tells you that you're, you're wrong. He tells you that you're going to the wrong destination and you know this and you fight against it. And you're just like the nation of Jude and you say, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to take the hard way. I don't want to make the hard decision. I don't want to live the hard life. See, you've gotten a lot of good advice, but you're still making bad decisions. And the question that we all ask, have to answer is, do you want to be a slave to sin or do you want to be a child of God? You see, we're all going to come to that crossroad of life. And we're going to have to make a decision. Rod, if you'll come up and get ready to play for us. He's, he's about to introduce a song to you. And, and let me just share with you some of the words. The first verse says this, I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Do I, do I got anyone in here besides me that ha, have tried in vain to, to do things, but yet it doesn't fill us? And it says, man's empty praise and the treasures that fade. Folks, I don't care how big your bank account is. It ain't going nowhere when you're gone. It ain't going with you. I know it makes things comfortable here, but it won't do anything on the other side. But then you came along and put me back together. You know, that happened. Here's a young guy. When I was 18 years old, I'm in Bible college, and I, I run from God. Run. Gone. Out of there. And yet God put me back together. And at the end of a 28-year military career, he allowed me to do what he called me to do when I was 18. And the words of the song say, and every desire is not satisfied. And there's nothing, folks, you're going to try, and every desire that you get won't be satisfied on this side of the cross. But in God's love, it will be. And the chorus will tell us that there's nothing better than you and the you that is talking about is Jesus Christ folks here's what I would tell you is today um, in front of you are those same cards that I talked about earlier if you realize that you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ I would pull one of those out before you walk out of here and put your information in there and mark that box that says committing to Christ 
And if you'll give me enough information, I will reach out and I will set a time. If you uh, come up here while he's singing, I'll, I'll be over here on this side. I'll love to have that conversation. If you'll stick around after the service, I'll be up here as well. And I would love to show you what God's word says. I would love to show you how that you can know the destination. How you can know what life looks like. Let me pray for you. God in heaven, we thank you so much that you found us and you put us back together. And Lord, right now I ask that you would, those that are here and, and they've never made that decision, they haven't gone that, taken that step, they've not chosen the small gate. God, I just pray that now your Holy Spirit would lead them to make that decision. And let them experience what true life is all about. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to continue with you on that journey. You see, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight. 